Boom. All right. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Rock Metal Podcast. I am your host, John Harris. On my right-hand side is my right-hand man, Gabriel. We have some stars. We need a paradigm? Paradigm. Paradigm. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's a little tricky name. It is a tricky name. <laughs> Today on the Rock Metal Podcast, we have Isle of the Cross, who has a new album called Exilus. Did I say that correctly? Excelsis. Excelsis. However you like, John. Okay. Excelsis, which was released earlier this year via Rock Shots Records. Right now I'm being joined by Jay to share some more information about the record, what the band has been up to, what they've got coming down the pipeline. So, Jay, welcome to the show. Right on. Thanks for having me. Absolutely great to have you on. And one of the reasons I'm excited in particular uh, to have you on is, is I understand it you pretty much did everything on this record, or am I missing misinterpreting the information that's across my desk? Pretty much everything. Um, you know, sending out uh, some parts for vocals and for Eric to lay down some lead guitars and whatnot. But other than that, yeah. Okay. Well, then take us through how you wore all these different hats. I mean, being a producer and a mixer and I guess a mastering engineer is an easy set of hats because uh, you could produce it to set it up for the mix and you could mix it to set it up for the master and you kind of just, or maybe even do it quasi-simultaneously. Um, but how do you, how did you wear all the hats and keep yourself separate? Well, it started just with the, uh, with just writing material and, and in that album I actually, uh, I was mixing each individual track as I finished them and um, which is a little bit backwards normally it's going to be the, after the project or all the materials written so I was writing each track mixing each track um, had some uh, lyric ideas for each track kind of in the middle of writing and then um, anyway of course once it was all done and I sent out the tracks to to the to the guys to do their parts got them back and then finalized them and mastered it and then uh, wrapped it up. Mm-hmm. Okay. So was the whole thing then, like you mentioned sending things out, um, was this being done remotely? Yeah. Yeah. I did it all, all from my house here, my home studio. Okay. Perfect. Now, um, with regard to the record and how this year has gone, was this record going to happen anyway the way that it did or has this year really changed the way this record was going to be done produced and even released no really uh it was it was going to be done regardless um started of course before you're talking of course with our lovely virus and our Mm. beautiful pandemic and every all the other and all the things that have gone along with it. You can't just have yeah. the turkey at the table. you got to have the stuffing and the mashed potatoes. And there's even some cranberry sauce in there somewhere, too, I imagine. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it was, I, had, I had already started uh, prior to this, uh, this year. They released it in February, but it was done in um, it was done the end of uh, you know, 2019. Okay. So then I'm released in February. I mean, Europe was in shambles pretty much by about that point, but in the U.S., not so much yet. Uh, so right. I guess so. I guess the plan then was to just release it in February out to the world and get on with what you would do, touring and such. Yeah, and touring. Um, you know, it wasn't really there weren't any terms set up with Rock Shots as far as touring, and there's a, there's a possibility to tour, but 
yeah, there wasn't ever any uh, any real plan on that, at, at least at the moment. Okay. Um, were you signed to Rock Shots before the release of the record, or did you shop with the album and then get signed to Rock Shots? Uh, yeah, they heard the album, and then I, I signed with them when they after they had heard it. So, yeah, I hadn't been signed prior. Okay. I mean, the sound on it is absolutely incredible, so it's one of the reasons why I was excited to chat with you, because sometimes... Oh, yeah, sometimes uh, when somebody's doing everything by themselves in a home studio setting, uh, it can sound like it, but it doesn't sound like it with <laughs> with what yeah. you did. So yeah, oh, thanks a lot. Yeah, well, I wouldn't put it out there. I'm I'm kind of a freak about that, and and there's just that's kind of a nice thing doing it myself. I can sit here all day and night. And I don't have to depend on anybody else. If I have you know one second of you know one little section of one song that maybe one or two seconds long that I just really need to dial in and hone in and I like a bit of that control per se if you will um but it's nice to have some outside ears too and and opinions like for instance the next album coming up is going to be mixed um by Simone Molinari and uh he's out of Italy of course he's a fairly well-known mixing engineer and um so he's going to be doing this next album not to jump into that now but I'm I'm actually excited for that versus having to wear every single hat on this on Excelsis. Mm-hmm. So it got tiring. Well, it's tiring, and it's it's um, it's definitely you know it's 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 a huge job, but I I love it to death. But I just think that the next album needs to have um, uh, just some outside ears on it. And there were numerous things with Excelsis that I thought next album coming needs to. You know, go to a different engineer. Okay. And that way I also focus a lot more on just the writing aspect of things and, and know that, you know, the mixing will be on somebody else's shoulders. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm curious, without jumping too much into into the next album, but since we're chatting yeah. about it, it's on on, on the noggin. Um, what's up, Kittle? I try Logic in that Simon thing. That's not Logic, sweetie. That's Pro Tools. Oh, I Logic. Though. He's learning young. I love it. Yeah. That's right there. Yeah. It, oh, no, you know what? I stand corrected. That is logic. Okay, good uh, Good eye there, kiddo. And that would be exactly why you chose Simone, because he uses Logic Pro. Is that... Is that, <laughs> that I'm actually a 20-plus-year I'm, I'm Pro Tools user. I've never used any other any other DAW other than Master Tracks back in the mid uh, mid to early 90s. Okay. So I'm just, I'm just Pro Tools. Okay. Um, but that was going to be my next question is out of all of the mixing and mastering engineers and all the ones who are, who are also well-known, I mean, you mm-hmm. could have picked anybody, especially with this particular genre of music, uh, Jacob Hansen comes to mind, uh, hmm. you know, among a few other people. So how come Simone? Well, it was weird. I was, um, I just was driving one day and uh, lovely YouTube. I had this recommended band Nightland and um, turned it on and just, you know, sometimes you randomly just, I'll just listen to it. So I'm listening going, man, good band, great songs, um, great band, great songs. But this mix is just killer. And uh, we were on about an hour drive. And so I was able to make it through almost the whole album. I thought, geez, and this was just about when I was finished with Excelsis. And that's kind of why I was thinking, you know, I feel the mix for Excelsis came out good. It's solid. It's um, I like it. But when I was listening to like Nightland and various other albums, there's just another level that I wanted this next album to go to. And so... I was thinking to myself, man, I wonder who, who that engineer was. Uh, so I looked it up, and it's Simone Mularoni and whatnot. And then um, I get in touch with uh, with uh, Roberto at Rock Shots, the, the uh, 
label agent. And he said, oh, yeah, I know Simone really well. And he's mixed a whole bunch of albums for us. And I thought, what the heck? So then it turns out Nightland was on Rock Shots years ago. As uh, So it's just kind of a small world moment. But anyway, <laughs> that that helped out a lot because there's already some some inroads that have been made from Rock Shots. And Simone's been great in all of our communication. He's, he's a rare few that actually responds right away to emails. So <laughs> anyway. How do you really feel there, Jay? Yeah, Exactly. That's a whole other subject. It's probably a three or four hour conference. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Now, this leads nicely into, okay, so you couldn't go out on tour uh, or do other traditional methods to promote the record because of how things have gone. So is that what you've been using your time for is getting into the next record and lining up those pieces? Oh, yeah. I'm, there's not a dull minute here at the house. I mean, it's if I'm not working, there's there's a problem. It's it's working or it's just laziness, and I don't I don't do laziness. I mean, we have my family and I hang quite a bit, and my wife and I are you know still trying to actually have a relationship. You know, so many years later. So, but other <laughs> other than that, I just I work nonstop, and it's been I'm actually a bit excited because I'm just finishing up just about the last few minutes of at least written material for the whole next album. Okay. Which has been an undertaking. It's it's going to be a um, – it's just a bit more uh, involved of an album. Okay. Now, that is a can of worms statement. Leads me into a question of what in the world do you mean? But let's go ahead and <laughs> – let's go and talk about the current record. I know. I'm sorry. I keep jumping ahead. It's okay. It's okay. Um, with the current record, so more involved, yeah. more uh, – a next level you had mentioned. So – um, take us through this record. What what is this record about? It seems thematic. Um, mm-hmm. what is the theme? What is the concept? Is there a concept? Is there a theme? What is this record about? What did you aim to give to us? What are we holding in our hand right now? Okay, so that's Excelsis, or are we talking Excelsis? Excelsis. So, um, you know, to start really at the beginning, and in all honesty, Excelsis was really just uh, pretty conceptual and experimental um you know it's like there were some people getting irritated with the litany of genres subgenres i was having to like throw at and describe it as and it's really just because that's really the truth i i you know you got tech death you got symphonic in there you got some power metal you just you just have everything going on and it really is a giant collage of insanity was even thrown out there a few times by various people and it's and I like that to a point and and like for instance stars is like this kind of softer more melodic symphonic track and you got sacrifice that kicks it all off with just you know right into some heavy riffing and some some serious tech death and whatnot to um to uh you know a couple instrumental more symphonic power metal style tracks um so yeah thematic is is always kind of how I like to do things but uh, it was, it's definitely a collage of, of stuff going on. Um, and it was said many times that it's a hard listen. And I, I grew to understand that, you know, after I kind of really thought about it, I was like, yeah, I guess for, for the average listener or for your, maybe your typical listener that wants to stick within one, maybe two genres slash subgenres of metal, it's going to be a, li- a bit more all over the place. Yeah, you could call it collage metal. And then you'll have <laughs> Hey, you coined it. There it is. Yeah, there it is, right there. And then you'll have melodic collage metal, and then progressive technical melodic collage metal. It'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> and then post collage metal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, beautiful. Now, I guess then, did you find that 
Because as you were describing these things, it, it kind of makes me think of something Devin Townsend-esque, where you yeah. potentially even have, I don't know, every freaking genre in one song. Yeah. Um, did you find maybe that you were going for something like that? Did it happen maybe a little bit more uh, organically? And with regard to the, the listener base, do you find that your listeners are, are in line with maybe more progressive elements? Yeah, you know, it's again, it just as an experiment, I really wasn't even thinking of any listeners, to be honest. I just I, I've been writing my whole life and I, I write in a lot of different genres and whatnot. But uh, so I really and that's kind of part of the problem. I really wasn't aiming at one specific group or one specific genre or subgenre of metal, which then again led to just kind of what it was, whatever was coming out and whatever inspiration I had after finishing the prior track. So that's why I've there's a lot of variation and um, I'm glad that rock shots enjoys it. And a lot of people seem to enjoy the, the variation, but others, which I, again, I understand don't want all this variation all over the place. So it really was just a track by track. Um, I heard Archspire's album, relentless mutation and thought that was just an absolutely brilliant genius album. And so I kind of geared uh, the wolf and uh, the final track and the Inferno track um, kind of in that tech death style mm-hmm. highly differs from a number of other tracks on the album you got stars the soft symphonic track and have, the prior track is the wolf which is just you know throwing everything you know at it so yeah beautiful okay now i guess uh from a production standpoint just because i think it's interesting because i don't often get a chance to chat with the producer or the mixer uh or even the mastering engineer how did you treat the different genres from that perspective did you have to take a different mixing or production standpoint with almost each section of the song or each song that's a good question a little bit uh again like with stars i i wanted a little bit more of a of a darker uh thicker more um gothic ish uh mix versus like more of your tech faster stuff that is very detailed and, um, you know, dialed. It needs to just be very tight and you, you can't have it as wet. You can't have it, have it things sitting in a cathedral. So, um, yeah. And of course, of course, uh, treating each song on based on what it needs, you know? Yeah. So there's a number of different sounds. And actually, actually that was, at the end of the day, that was what I was happy with regardless of the subgenre variation. I was happy w- with the fact that at least for me beginning to end, it did have a, as much variation as there is, at least a fairly good uh, consistency in the mix, even though some, you know, had to be treated a bit differently. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, something was mentioned a couple of times, we chatted a little bit about it, was, um, you know, signing to to Rock Shots. What was that like for you to do this as an experiment, not even really care about a listenership, but then at some point you said, well, I have an album, I might as well do something with it. Exactly. So, what was that like when when they, Roberto wrote back and said, "Yeah, we can do this." Yeah, yeah, you know, it was it was cool. It was uh, they seemed to really like it, and then the more I looked up, you know, a lot of their stuff, they they definitely delve, you know, in some different subgenres. And um, but yeah, as the album went on, I that's what exactly what I was thinking. I thought, you know, if it comes out, you know, decent enough, maybe I'll shoot it over to some different labels and whatnot, and see what happens, and. And they seem to really like it. And I thought, well, cool. You know, I'm never about the money in this. It's that's that's never my drive with anything musically and, and with any art form. And so, um, 
that just hasn't been a concern and you know, there's not a lot of money that's going to come in from it anyway. So I was about to say you're in progressive metal. I think jazz musicians make more money. Yeah, exactly. I was going to just, yeah, it's like, so if it's not based on money and you know, it's, it's mostly just the passion and the fun and Hey, having a good uh, distributor like rock shots. I mean, they've been amazing with just crazy. The amount of different uh, veins of distribution there are out there. Yes, Absolutely. Beautiful. Now, going more particularly to these tracks we were going to chat about today, Stars and Paradigm. We've chatted quite a bit about Stars. It's, the you said, a more gothic mix. I definitely noticed, especially in the vocal, uh, that it was uh, EQ'd a bit a bit thicker. It really helps to, to give the, the ballad-like vibe to it. Yeah. Um, but where, where do these tracks or Stars, where does it fit in the record? Is there a storyline? Is there a, 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 a protagonist? Yeah. What, what is this track about and where does it fit in the record? There's a loose storyline going on. I mean, is there's there's a number of tracks that have nothing to do with the story, actually. And uh, so it's kind of that was part of the uh, difficulty in explaining it at the end of the day. But um, the the concept of the album, since it's not an exact perfect story from beginning to end, it's more of a concept album in that case, is um, Simply put, two lovers being separated, you know, one dies and, and they're basically just trying to find each other in the afterlife. It's just kind of a kind of a loose Romeo and Juliet style story of, um, you know, they love each other so much that their love can go beyond our world. And when they meet in the afterlife or they hopefully, you know, get reacquainted in the afterlife, then they're living with each other for eternity. Um, so, yeah, it's it, just various concept were, concepts were hitting each of some various tracks with of, of the entire album that uh, tell a bit of that story. Yeah, I'm, I'm reminded of Spawn. I'm reminded of The Crow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So good job yeah. going gothic there. Thank you. <laughs> now, yeah. Paradigm, does this track fit into that story? Yeah, Paradigm's in the story. Um, yeah, basically... Uh, He's he's basically already in the other the after the other world. He's in the afterlife, and uh, he essentially it's this, the song is trying to tell the story of how he has the option of crossing over, um, which I've always kind of I was kind of pulling from my own thoughts about ghosts and whatnot, and you know are there ghosts or are ghosts even real or ghosts just a you know a myth? But where usually when people say that hey. Ghosts exist here because they're obviously tied to something or tied to somebody, and they haven't wanted to cross over yet. Maybe they're they're still there's just unsettled feelings or whatever. So that's basically what paradigm is. He doesn't want to cross over um, without his love, because basically that can separate them for eternity. He he just wants to be able to you know, be reacquainted with with her. Mm-hmm. Here we are on the Ghost Talk podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Our ghost real. Sorry. Let's chat it out. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good question. I always refer to them as apparitions, but are apparitions different from ghosts? I, I, I think they're the same thing. Okay. Uh, Gabesy here wants to... You want to ask a question or you just want to tell him something? We can mix and we both use magic, so you can send us some multi-tracks and then we could mix them in magic and then we can send them back to you. Future star here. I'm telling you. That's right. One of us has to make money. Man. I love it. 
Well, brother, I can, I can send you some tracks. You should be able to pull them in from Pro Tools into Logic, buddy. Sweet. That's that's one to watch right there. Yeah. Can you hear that? <laughs> and so I'll send you some tracks. You can pull them in from Pro Tools into Logic. I'd love to hear your mixes. I want to hear what you do to them. Yeah. He said he'd love to hear your mixes. Yeah. Well, we don't use... We don't... We basically don't use Pro Tools. I use Logic more often than oh, Pro Tools. We've got ways, kiddo. We've got ways. Ah, we got a logic snob, huh? Logic snob. Right. I know. The, the, the other side of that coin is the Cubase snob, and we are definitely not yeah. one of those. Yeah. Three people in a row that use Cubase on one of the shows that we watch on your um, academy. Ah, I see. Uh-huh. Yeah, there's a, a, a program we subscribe to called Nail the Mix or the URM Ultimate Recording Machine Academy. Yeah. Um, and so we get to watch mix engineers uh, work on projects that have gone live a year ago, sometimes 10 years ago, depending on, on what it is. Yeah. And um, obviously a lot of them are Pro Tools, but the ones that aren't Pro Tools are usually niched into uh, Cubase. We've seen some Logic. I have not seen Reaper yet, which doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I know how popular that... it can be, though. Yeah. What a... okay. Yeah, URM is great. URM is great. Awesome. Sweet. He watches URM too. Wow. Yeah. So you already know about he, Nail Mix? He already knows about Nail the Mix. Cool. <laughs> That's why he was able to nail his mix. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure what those guys would have said at the end of the day, but I was happy with it. They might have said, what? what's this all about? <laughs> what are you doing here? Yeah, well, I mean, the funny thing is, uh, obviously, you can hear things that you want to work on, and if I listen to it, I'm sure I could hear things I might find, but I think the important thing, and what... Al always says is you had the balls to work on it and not just work on it but air it to the world so right right you know. yeah that's that's there's a lot of truth in that and that's the thing it's like I said I'm not going to put anything out I don't think any artist it's not just me wants to put anything out there that's halfway I mean at the end of the day you really want to put something that's dialed and and the bar is so high this day and age I mean everything is just absolutely precisely perfect as you know what I mean mm -hmm. and URM makes a you know, a good case for that too. So you you gotta just work it till it's just right. And sometimes it's just barely tweaking the smallest things. And that's what I was, again, appreciating that I can do this on my own, at least on the last album. Yeah, yeah. Now you mentioned that you're getting some help on onto the next album. You're bringing it up to the next level. What is that level? Without giving away too much, what can we expect from the next album? Well, as far as... Uh, Mix-wise, you're thinking, or storyline? It could be any or all of those things. I mean, uh, I wrote down that you said you wanted to take it to the next level, and so I said, okay, later on in the, in the interview, I'll ask, what's that next level? Yeah, thanks. In that case, it's the things I hear missing in Excelsis. Um, I think there's a little bit, maybe there's some overcompression going on, and... and Maybe still there's a number of tracks that aren't hitting just as hard as I would like, which I think that someone like Simone will really be able to key in on. And and there's also just, just again, new ears, outside ears are really important when you've been dealing with a track for weeks and weeks, if not months, and then you got to go mix it. There just can be sometimes a just natural irritation and just uh, lack of patience sometimes uh, versus somebody else doing it on the outside. And, and uh, someone like him who's a longtime pro, you know, he'll – He'll definitely be able to get it uh, closer to where I'm thinking than I would. 
Okay, so you're thinking that's more on the mix side than on the production side or the arrangement side. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm doing everything else. And I, I mean, Simone will master it also. But other than mixing and mastering, I'll be doing everything else as far as at least I'm writing all the material and then and uh, lyrics and whatnot in the storyline. Okay. Have you considered working with a third party producer? I have at certain times, but um, there's not much of a need at the moment. If I'm, if I pretty much have my the concept down, I know exactly what I'm looking for. But uh, there's some that, of course, I would love to work with. The just the the dollar signs start getting, you know, larger <laughs> and larger. Any more, the more names I start thinking, it's like, yeah, yeah. Do I really have seven hundred dollars per song minimum? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm doing progressive metal here. I can't. They're like 700. That's that's the first two minutes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, groovy, groovy. Now, we've chatted about Stars Paradigm. There's lyric videos that are available for those tracks. So uh, today's show notes, which are available on the website, www.therockmetalpodcast.ca, uh, in the information section on YouTube. So if you're watching on YouTube, that'll be down below. Should be available also on Spotify, Apple Music, uh, wherever it is that you're listening or watching. Um, you'll be able to check out those lyric videos. We chatted about the album Excelsis. We've chatted about the next album coming up. Uh, we chatted about this year. Is there anything that I missed? Anything that you wanted to chat about that I did not bring up, Jay? No, I think we're I think we're good, man. Okay. Been a lot of good stuff. Mm-hmm. It is a lot of good stuff. It's a good album. I hope people uh, listen to it front to back and uh, find it tastefully done. I know you mentioned a couple times people were saying, "Oh, it's too much." Well, you got to find the people who say it's <laughs> just right. And I mean, your questions a lot of good stuff. I'm not saying the album's got a lot of good stuff. I leave that up to everybody else to say. And, and there's a, as you may have seen giant mix of reviews mm-hmm. so <laughs> far, far as a lot of good stuff i don't even say that i mean it's amazing too when you get working on another album you just i, I haven't honestly listened to it much in the last 10 or 11 months you know because my mind is so much geared and just what i'm doing now so it's it's interesting here and there to see something pop up and hey somebody actually liked it you know <laughs> or someone actually says no <laughs> what is another person saying what is this all about again <laughs> beautiful all right so. well if there's nothing else, then Jay, I just wanted to thank you for coming on to the Rock Metal Podcast today. Absolutely. Thanks a lot for having me. I really appreciate it. It's good to meet you, man. Pleasure indeed. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead and stop, please, sweetie.